Hi, my name is Chandra, and I am a PhD genetics and genomics student. I am here with three of my friends, Aish, Hanling, and Ning, and today we kind of wanted to talk about some issues in genetical ethics that we think are important and kind of want to get out to the general public. Uh, my topic for today is going to be animal welfare in scientific research. Mm, this is Ning. Uh, today, I want to talk about the uh, research integrity. Hi, I'm Aishwarya. I'm going to speak about genetic testing and ethics. Hi, this is Halin. Mostly, I'll talk about the biological affair. So, I guess I'm going to speak first because uh, research inter integrity is a kind of general thing. So, have you ever heard uh, Usu Huang? It's a, it's a South Korean biologist. And he uh, used to be called the Pride of Korea in South Korea. And also, he was expected to win the Nobel Prize because of his uh, breakthrough study in stem cell in 2005. Yes, so he's a scientist who published two pathbreaking articles mm -hmm. when his team published in the journal Science that dealt mainly with the derivation of 11 patient-specific human embryonic stem cell line from the clone blastocyst. Yeah. And also his second paper claimed that he improved the efficiency of the process and clinical trials were also within reach that followed his first paper and he was also hailed as a hero in the scientific community. But he was soon mired in controversies for ethical breach and embezzlement. Do you know the uh, result of this guy? Yeah, so I think the investigations revealed that the egg donors were actually paid and mm -hmm. even two lab members had provided their oocytes for the study. Yep. And the donors were not informed or briefed about the potential harm or the risks that would cause and the nature of, nature of the research for which their oocytes were used. And also I think the microscopic pictures were fabricated and there were no true evidence for the 11 reported cell lines that were published in the journal. So basically... He had this really, really important research yeah. that he fabricated results for. Right. Yeah. And also he fought in a very serious ethical thing, which is not a fraud one, but it's a, he used uh, his uh, graduate students' eggs in the yeah. uh, human clone experiments. Yes, and also I think there's this professor, uh, Gerald Shatton from the University of Pittsburgh, who actually co-authored the 2005 paper along with Dr. Huang. And he was found guilty because he dodged his responsibility of being a senior author. He was supposed to check for the authenticity of the paper, which he didn't. Yeah, absolutely. So, so all the uh, Koreans got disappointed and very, very upset for their uh, pride of Korea. Yeah, so... This is the case. And actually, Usu Huang is not the only one. Another uh, famous stem cell scientist, which name is, uh, is, is hard to pronounce, is uh, Obokata, which is uh, a female Japanese scientist. Have you ever heard her story? Yes, uh, I know this. Uh, th she is very promising, promising uh, scientist in Japan. Because people would like seeing such a successful uh, young female scientist as her should be win a like Nobel Prize or something. Yeah, because she is the uh, potential Nobel Prize winner at that year. Yes, but she like uh, well she f uh, fabricated the, her result on such a uh, experiment like 
she wants to demonstrate that she put a tissue in an asset and the, the tissue will come back as an embryo. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, she get a science or nature, I can't recall. Uh, she get a paper from of that. But others, all the like 17 or 16 uh, labs want to reconstruct her result, but they all feel that she, maybe she is fabricating. And, uh, well, she admitted. And uh, even her mentor, he killed himself for his fault. So it's really, really a sad story. Killed himself, the, right? Yeah. The mentor killed himself? Yes, yeah. he killed himself. He killed Crazy. Himself. Yeah, because leave, I think he sure. felt that he did not, I mean, he did not do his work enough. Yeah, there is a interesting story. And when this thing happened, I was in uh, my undergraduate study. And at that time, we are like searching the paper she published mm-hmm. and then we try to find out oh, which band she is uh, <laughs> fabricated yeah <laughs> yeah that's funny oh yeah because it's very obvious she just copied one band from <laughs> one line to another one. Oh, she just copy pasted it yeah, the same it, it's very they, they look exactly the same thing that's oh. hilarious yeah so here is the question those two talented Scientists, mm-hmm. they are all very young and they are all pride of their nation, own nation. So do you think is there any uh, possible reason for them to choose this way to make them to the jail or like to lose all the honor of themselves? I think it's mainly just due to the pressure of trying to be successful in science. You yeah. know, like you, you get these big, big papers published and because of these papers you get you know fame you get money you get more money to do mm-hmm. research and didn't didn't the guy from korea also get like a, a ton of money from the government because he did this mm-hmm. not only i think that you know nowadays when we're doing research you know in scientific area mm-hmm. you know the pressure is become harder is bigger and bigger oh yeah definitely yeah 40 years ago if you did some research you can definitely do your own Nobody would push you. And if you are in university, you are a professor. Mm-hmm. You just do anything you want. But today, mm-hmm. if you don't like publish a good paper every year, you don't publish very good data, the university will push you. And even mm-hmm. they said, okay, you know, I don't, I'm, because I'm from China, so that's how does it work in China. If you don't publish a very good paper every year, because we have qualify every year, if you don't pass a qualify, you'll get out. So that is... Uh, wait, 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 wait. You are a you professor? Are, you have to... Like, professors yeah. have even to you are a professor, yeah. In China, in nowadays, university, even you are a prefer- professor, not assistant professor, I mean... A, I you should publish papers? You should publish papers. I mean, not you, but your lab. And that's like, um, you have a minimum requirement of number of papers a year? Yeah, not not the amount, but the, like, score. Oh, oh impact that's... factor? Kind of. That's crazy. Yeah. That's I didn't crazy. Know that. yeah. If you don't publish like good qualify, I mean, at least you should publish one. But if you do yeah. nothing in the whole year, the qualified will think, oh, you are, you are, you just get out, just get out. Yeah, they're gonna fire you. But, yeah. Okay. But I also think the might... peer review process should be more accurate. You know, when you review the papers that's being sent to you, you should actually look through the laboratory notebooks, the samples, or the readings you take, not just, you know accept whatever is being given to you as a reviewer they should as have reviewer, to go through yeah, the notes the, not just the paper not just the paper because yeah okay. i mean yeah, just looking should... at the paper just the gel image mm-hmm. you're not going to understand anything you should just see all the observations they have made all the readings they have taken 
I think that's interesting, but I also think that's going to be a lot of work. But then maybe you can just uh, reduce but the risk of, you know? Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, at least your duty to check even your, like, co-worker are fake or something, and at least if you are, like, the leader of the lab, it's your duty to make sure every data is real. Yeah, at least, real you know, when you send out something from your lab, Yep. At least your PI should check your microscopic photographs or the fluorescence imaging. It's easily, very easy to fake such yeah, images. Just, just make a check. It's but not even even if you have a reviewer that is going to check all this stuff, couldn't you technically just send out false notes? As far you as could. I know. As if that's I... your intention, you could actually. But, yeah. but, okay. but I mean, it's, it's PI's duty to, you know, at least take a look at your like original data or something. Yeah, as far as I know, because I... I have been uh, published uh, several paper on uh, histochemistry journal. So for them, because uh, like Western blood, the bands is very easy to like fake, right? Fake, yeah. right? So some journal they after those cases happen mm-hmm. and they change their strategy. In the past, they only ask us to like send them the picture. We already make it like a perfect one. Right. We, we Photoshop. <laughs> Always gonna send the best yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> we we maybe sometimes we Photoshop it. Right. But now to change something, we we just need to turn the lights more brighter like that. So just send them the raw images. Yep, and mm-hmm. then but within a year, and they they are only allow us to send the uh, raw data. Oh, the the raw picture. That's what you directly photoed from the the jail. Okay. Yeah. And so, also, I think authorship for the paper should be granted with more responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, you shouldn't give authorship to everyone just because someone gave you samples or someone is the head of some institute. You should give more with more responsibility and that person should have actually contributed something to the paper. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like it, the paper wouldn't be a paper without them. Kind without of thing. them. Like, yep. the, not like, you know, like the person from University of Pittsburgh was there in the yeah. paper. It shouldn't oh, be you there. gave me some advice. Yeah. Okay, you well. shouldn't be on the paper just for the sake of it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, here is also a tricky thing, because have you noticed that both of these two famous uh, scientists they are all in the stem cell area? Oh, so no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean something like specifically for the stem cell area, or it's just a? a I uh, think more and more money is being mm-hmm. granted for stem cells because it's the yeah, hottest, it's, it's hottest topic. Okay. Like, it's more promising, and that's yeah. what is going to help you treat some disease. Mm-hmm. So, but the, the problem, if it's false, obviously it's not going to help yeah, you but treat yeah. any disease. Not only like stem cell, but you know, there's a lot hot topic like stem cells, cancers, like tumor. When they research something about human, they always get a lot of money about medicine. And uh, not only for stem cell, also there are a lot of fabricate data from the cancer research, something. Mm-hmm. I know. Wasn't there, like once this paper came out, there were a lot of other scientists who were working on the same thing who had to stop their research because this because this had finally come out, right? Also, this has become a rat race, right? Who publishes the paper first? Oh, exactly. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like I'm... you're going to lose funding if someone else gets like yeah, beats so you the don't... punch. Yeah. I know. Who comes first? Who so... Two people are working on the same thing, so there's so much pressure for you to overwork mm-hmm. and yeah. produce a paper faster because someone other lab you know is also working on the similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but, you know, for yeah. now, we talk about the uh, academic aspect and then the economic thing and the uh, research stressful. And then do you think there's other reasons for it? Um, I think those two are mainly the biggest ones. Okay. So... 
I'm thinking that is there like social environment factor? Oh yeah, because like how, both yep. of them are the hero of the nation or the、mm-hmm. pride of the nation. Yeah, when you get success, other people will expect you get a bigger success. Yeah, that、right. that's my point. Yeah, that is like when you like when you get good grades, your parents want to say, okay, you should get good grades next time.、Mm-hmm. But if you don't, they will be really disappointed. Sometimes, like I know some child, they they fake their grade <laughs> to make their parents happy. Well, that, that's I mean that's how the, these two scientists did. Yeah. So.、Yep. As soon as they became a hero, and they must be hero forever. Do you know the、uh, the results for the avocado? Because she is under、uh, investigate. Oh,、she、what、fell. happened to her? Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, she can't、uh, repeat it. Her like academic life is totally over、mm-hmm. because nobody would trust her.、Mm-hmm. No matter how how much, even though she may be. Make some good progress in the later, ten years later. But nobody will trust him. Even but that's going to be a、first. very bad mark on her resume. Very, very bad. I mean, anything you fabricate and others know, your academic life is totally, totally die. And also, it's gonna affect more people than we thought because I know there are Korean postdoc in in my lab, and she was、uh, gonna be rejected by some lab. Because she's a Korean, and that's because the Wu Su Huang. Oh, just、oh, because、ridiculous. of this. Yep. Oh, that's really. I mean,、sad. think about like postdocs in that lab, or even like undergraduates or graduate students. Yeah. You know, I I feel like they're gonna have a really hard time getting on anywhere else because of this guy's or this guy's. Yeah. All right. So I think it's the time to move to the、yep. next topic. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No problem. So hi,、uh, I'll be speaking about genetic testing and ethics. So we know that genetic testing has revolutionized medicine, and、uh, development of genetic testing is opening new avenues for people that are affected and have known、uh, specific disorders and how to deal with the consequence of specific disorders, and what path they could take to deal with it, either by、uh, medical attention or by altering the lifestyles. So one of the major concern of genetic testing is discrimination on the basis of a person's genetic makeup to deny them an employment or a position. Right. Yeah. So, do you think it's fair to get the employers suggesting genetic testing before they grant employment to a person? I mean, I don't think it's honestly fair because just because someone has a, a predisposition gene doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get that disease or they have that disease. I don't think it's necessarily fair to them or even ethical of them to to do that. Right,、yeah. and also we don't know if you do a genetic testing, you really don't know when the disease will develop. Also, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know there's I mean? a lot of things that I mean influence the experience of gene. Even you got the gene, maybe you never will show up. The gene will just keep silencing. We don't know. So you just keep a you just choose an employee by your like gene testing. I don't I don't think it's a good thing. So did anyone of you hear about the Burlington North Santa Fe Railroad Company case that was sued for cleaning workers? Yeah, these workers were getting carpal tunnel. Um, on the job, and the company decided to go ahead and test them genetically to see if they had this predisposition gene for carpal tunnel. Right. And、um, everyone basically said, like, "Hey, this isn't fair. Like, you can't do this. Like, you don't even need this information." Right. The company was sued, and I think the employees that had fought the case got like two point two million for 
as an oh, as really? a comp- yeah wow. they did get 2.2 million for composition uh, compensation because it was a major breach on their right to privacy and it's their medical record and the company need not have tested them for their disposition to carpal tunnel syndrome exactly but you know what if the uh, gene testing can help someone to know the possible disease they're going to got in future i you- mean i think that's But what is I mean, that, it's is really a, hard to control. Like, yeah. you want to know the disease, but you can know many other dif- other information. In China, there's a lot of families they prefer boys than girls. Oh, that's true in India too. Yeah, like if you go to do a gene testing, they say, "I just want to know that my baby would have disease," but they will also tell me your gender. So maybe he think if the gender test is a girl, so maybe he choose stop that. I mean, kill so the they, baby. they just abort the child, yeah. right? Yeah, and I they feel pref- like when people know anything about their child's genetics or even their genetics, they tend to do really drastic things. Like people, you know, will have complete mastectomies just because they have the BRCA1 gene. Yeah, and, yeah like that. And, and actually, that's the main reason the Chinese government they forbid anyone to do the genetic testing for the gender. But my point is. What if the genetic testing can tell you that Sandra, you're gonna have a、uh, lung cancer in future? Like, is this a definite thing that I'm gonna have lung cancer? No, or are we assuming that this you, is definite? Because it tests that you have certain gene, which gene can be、uh, easily mutant, mutant. But do you really think that if <laughs> she's gonna have a gene that that sh- that is for sure that she's gonna develop cancer? It also depends yeah, upon just, a lot of environmental yeah, lot factors. Of no, I mean it's just like that、uh, breast cancer, like. Do you know there is a famous、uh, star named this、uh, Angelina Jolie? Yeah, Angelina yeah. Jolie. She just removed.、Uh, yes, she, she did. It, yeah, her breast because she took out her breast and her ovaries, right? Uh huh. But yeah. yes, but、so、the gene is not the only thing. That's a good、thing. way, right? That's a good way. I, I don't. But think I think I think she has a family history of breast cancer, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think the gene test. Even you test. Even you test some gene. But you know, there's a lot of factor that make you get or not get the disease. So what if, what if, and I'm just kind of putting this out there. What if the if you had the gene, it was like a 100% thing that you will like. Yeah. Die for example, you find、years. a trisomy 21 when you do a prenatal testing, and、mm-hmm. you you know for sure that the child is going to be born as a baby with a Down syndrome. Okay. Okay, and okay. it's your personal preference, your per- personal choice that you don't want to go ahead with the pregnancy. So, do you think that it's ethically right to terminate the pregnancy when you know that your child is going to be a Down syndrome child? For the baby, I think yes. You think it's ethically okay? Yeah. So yeah. it's not just for Down syndrome. You can you could have、I、any mean, genetic disease like Huntington's disease or something. Yeah, you know? I mean, if the disease is really deadly, I mean, really serious, maybe it's good because it's both good for the family and even for the child. Because I mean, if the child born with that. Such a serious disease,、mm-hmm. he won't be really happy, right? I yeah, mean, probably. I mean, it's just like the two sides of coin. They always have good, they always have the bad, right? But my point is, from right now, it's really hard to control, really hard, because we don't know how to make the specific testing. Even though you can hide some information, I think you can. But、Don't、what do you、really、think about companies like Twenty Three and Me that advertise testing for two sixty genetically inherited diseases just by using your spit? It, this is、uh, an ethical thing, I think, because it's. Do you think they should even be allowed to to tell you, you know, whether you have these genes or not? 
Yeah, Alexa is because I mean I feel like the public isn't necessarily educated in these. Yeah, I think the public generally uh, links that mm-hmm. you you do genetic testing and mm-hmm. you just link one disease to a gene, but many of the disease are multifactorial, right? Exactly. So just by using your spit and you just test for certain genes, you can you really identify the two sixty diseases and the predisposition to it? So, sure. so no. my no, point is that testing of uh, purpose. So for the company, their purpose is to. It's not not for the health, right? It's for their benefit. I mean, I know they end up using yep. their uh, the data that they they gain from this to kind of do more like population genetics with it. Mm-hmm. But I think now the company there was some FDA warning about the products mm-hmm. they were issuing, and yes. now it has resumed again. But there's some revision to their policies, and oh, it did resume again. Yeah, I it, thought it was. I, still th- I think it resumed. It was halted in like 2013, but oh, okay. after some serious consideration and revision to their policies, I know they were was, kind of ignoring the FDA for a little right, bit. <laughs> they were, <laughs> but they couldn't evade it for long. But they resumed it again. And also another thing is with genetic testing is so you go for genetic testing and there's uh, they do sequencing of your genome and publicly the sequencing is available right so this has increased the amount of information that's available publicly so this does raise ethical questions for both the individual and the whole population so what do you think about i mean what are the risks associated with release of genomic data and how identifiable can you become in the population so i do see the privacy thing Yeah, more like how uh, do you remember this case of Professor Sweeney, mm-hmm. where she re-identified uh, all the volunteers of the uh, personal yeah. genome project, yeah, based on just their like birth date, birth and, date, and uh, gender, and, and where, and their zip code, yes, zip code, three, three things, three factor, yeah, right. So this is very scary. I actually entered my birth date, zip code, and. Uh, And I just found that there were three people <laughs> having the same thing in my locality. So that's quite scary. That's crazy. Like you can easily find. I someone mean, in so- a place like Gainesville, right? Yeah. Where like so much student community. Imagine some other place where maybe I'm just like the person in that spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely scary because like, if you don't, I mean, your your genome is a part of your medical history, right? Right. Uh, and so if it's out there and someone can can find it. I mean, I guess it's up to you whether you really want that out there or not. But even if you don't want it out there, someone can find you quite easily. Right. And do you think this data can be used against you? Um, I wonder how. Because in this society, everyone can easily find someone on internet, on Google. Right? Yeah, I mean... I, It's I, different than finding you, right? They find your genomic data. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that right now we necessarily have the technology to to do anything but harmful with that. Later. But yeah, you don't. We don't know what's going to happen. Know, right? yeah. We have no maybe. idea. So, so I mean, it is scary, but I don't think it's a really prevalent thing right right now. Right. People would like to murmur some somebody with his disease or something. Even you have some disease. Like I think there's also um, debates on how insurance is becoming a problem just because mm-hmm. if someone yes. knows that you are going to get this disease in the future, He maybe that medical company infer- won't grant you in- like in health insurance, right? Definitely, yep. yeah. So I think on the whole, genetic testing is useful if you kind of use it in the proper way. And also, once you are done with the testing, the patient should be followed up with counseling and appropriate referrals for care and interventions. Well, the problem is how to use it improperly. I mean, yeah, everyone has a different yeah. We have of different nationing, yeah. And people like sometimes I don't think we have that such technology to provide our data really safe. Yeah, I think we should. Couldn't you just take one of the 
the the three items that we were talking about so like the zip code your birthday but and state. your uh gender Eight. just just take one of them off and it immediately jumps into the 100s yeah, people, it, and that possible. makes it a lot harder to find. And also, they were just suggesting that in many places where you need to enter your date of birth, just give your year of birth and not necessarily oh, yeah. your month and the day you were born, if you can avoid yeah. that. giving a So just kind of um, unlink your data with you your your genome. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that idea. your genome is not going to change based on what month you were born. Right. So in a nutshell, genetic tests should be performed with great caution and highest standard of informed consent and privacy. Okay, so I guess I'll go next. Um, I'm going to be talking about animal rights. I know a lot of people have issues with using animals in, in scientific research, and I feel like the people that do feel like this is a problem are really, really passionate about it. Um, what do you guys think about using just animals in research in, in general? Because I use animal model in my research, so I have to say that I definitely think it's, it is a useful useful tool for the scientists to study things. I mean, do you do you think that there's you know any other way that we could kind of circumvent using an animal model? Because I mean, like you are like you use cells, uh, just you like either using like computer simulations or yeah, using uh, no. suspended cells. No, I, I, I mean can, for... it it can like to to be a makeup thing. But they can't replace the animal model yeah, totally. I mean, I mean, for right now, animal model is unreplaceable because even computer simulating has so much problem. You cannot simulate every every single every single thing. So, do you think that animals like should have rights? Period. Of course, yeah, they yeah should. have right. But okay, I but mean, then how how high you know um, on the evolutionary scale do these rights go? Because I mean, like if, you, if you're saying like mice don't have. Uh, necessarily rights in this matter yeah. and that Do we can test on them what about the like the number of drosophila you killed during your masters and undergraduate studies <laughs> no, so it's many. like yeah. <laughs> we, we so use many. e coli i mean i i use e coli model mm-hmm. i think i just... kill emo i kill millions of e coli every single day but nobody judge me for that yeah well, e coli i, I think... feel a bit different than than yeah. mice or cats or dogs like but for, yeah, they're for, the same for a reason that for a reason that the uh, E. coli is not, they don't have animal rights. And that's in the uh, document by uh, the, the Yeah, they're government. not even protected by the yeah. USDA, not even a little bit. I mean, yeah. be protect animal rights or something, it's uh, so like it's what if, what man-made if, thing. I mean, naturally, they don't really have such a thing. You know, Maybe animals those, have animal rights, which we don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't, the animals are completely. I'm, I'm a human. Don't that. Yes, you're right. technically an animal, though. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, if naturally, it's like just like eating or, or I mean, be eating. It's really all natural things. All like animal rights are, I mean, be created by human. So we want to like. But animals aren't created by humans. I mean, animal rights. Oh, animal rights are I'm kind not, of a thing in our head. Kind of saying, okay, yeah. okay, that makes okay, sense. Okay, so if it's I'm thinking human. that. Just because animals don't oppose to them being used as models, we continue using them as models and not even thinking about any other alternative way in which we could... We will, we will. I mean, in, in my opinion, you know, eventually we will replace the animal model. Like, like I said, I, I would like to think, like use synthetic biology to create some like man-made cell to replace it. But I mean, for right now, at present... 
We don't have such technology. So what if for some disease you couldn't use any animal model and you had to start testing on humans? Say some disease X. You cannot model it on animals and you have to model it on human and you have to start testing on human. Would But you even pro- would you would you even progress that way? Well, you know, scientifically I would say we should. But, you know, human are strictly protected by law, so we cannot do that. So, I mean, the best way is to synthetic something. No, I, I think mean, it's well, an about... ethical thing. You think it's... It's an ethical thing. It's not just because we restrict it by law and we don't put disease. Well, I, I also human. think it's like some... Uh, it's, it's a cultural thing, right? Like in different cultures, different animals are considered, you know, more... Sacred. Yeah, in yep. different ways. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, at least in America, um, so America we're pretty lax that. about animals yeah so i remember like way back in masters we just had a class of dissection of mouse to learn how to dissect mouse Mm -hmm. how to kill a mouse before you dissect it oh you did that too we we did that so we just we we had a class of 42 students each of us were handed a mouse and a live mouse a live mouse you're you're, and I i would name that mouse so fast and then we had like 42 mice in the class and that day 42 mice were killed And the purpose of killing it was just to learn how to kill. Yeah. Dislocation of the cervical bone and pulling the tail, right? So we just learned that technique that day. And we sacrificed 42 mice on one day just for that purpose for one class in one university in India. So just imagine the number of sacrifices we make every day. That also gets into... um like dog labs when it comes to medical school. Mm-hmm. I know some medical schools will, will do the same thing, but button dogs, you know, to figure out like how these animals actually work while they're alive. But why they choose dog? They can use mouse. Dogs are closer to mice. Or dogs are closer, closer to, humans to humans than mice. Than mice. Okay. So my point is, if that was being conducted in a veterinary school where you learn or treat dogs, it would be more useful than doing it on animals uh, for human. Like mm-hmm. for human, maybe you use a cadaver, right? Yep. It makes more sense than, you know, opening up a live dog and showing it to students. Because obviously, when you open up a human, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have the same thing when you open up a dog and a human. So I think it's a waste of killing that poor dog. Yeah, but this is for teaching, right? Because I thought it is a selective way you're right, to, but to even selective who can be a scientist. Because some, <sighs> some people, they can't do those things yeah so like, even like i i do everything on the computer right mm-hmm, yeah like that that's my research i do everything on the computer yep. that doesn't necessarily mean that i am a master at pipetting mm-hmm. for example like i could be the worst person in pipetting that doesn't mean i shouldn't be a scientist just because i'm not you know pipetting all my days okay but this doesn't also mean that we shouldn't like for example you said a dog in a medical school doesn't make sense mm-hmm. right makes more sense in vet school yeah makes more sense in a vet school so why would you open up a dog in a medical school no i i mean i i'm agreeing with you here i think unless we actually like have to kill or you know have to test on these animals like we have no other uh way of gleaning any other knowledge then 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 it's okay right but um i I think we should be at least a little more strict on Mm it at least on the the regulations that we have that's just my opinion though no, I think it's it. We should be more, and also we should have a regulation of how many and why should you kill a particular animal, right? Be it a mice or a drosophila, yeah, even if you say to reduce those the amount of the animal you use in class. Yeah, or we should in research. Yeah, yeah. we should. Mm-hmm. 
So do you guys think the use of animals in teaching causes like, any psychological stress? I mean, like di- like you were saying, like dissections or live dissections. I have seen people faint during live dissections. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it, it can go so bad that uh, you stop the class and you run after a mice that's loose. I, like oh, mice no. that's loose. And that's kids. what I'm saying, though. Like, you cl- cl- mouse clearly does not want to be there. It doesn't want to be there. And, you know, you can actually, uh, like, we had a class wherein you had to... Uh, study pu- pupil reduction where you cut off the eyelashes of a rabbit mm-hmm. and you just put in a chemical I really don't remember what and to like dilate dilate the, the pupil yep. you should see the rat uh, the rabbit would be like tremoring yeah the rabbit does not want to be there it doesn't want to be there like uh, and just uh, because you want to teach 42 students how what the drug does to the eye dilates the pupil or, pupil or constricts yeah, it you don't have to thing. Right? You don't have to... Uh, that That's not what you do to 42 rabbits on the table just because you want the students to learn. Maybe you have one rabbit on the table and show what is being done. Mm. And this re- this gets repeated for every class and we have it for the exam. So imagine the number of animals you're sacrificing for it. Yeah, because I used to be a TA in the same class in my uh, undergraduate student. Yeah, so I have, that. I have seen... The, Many, many students, they're crying for the, the frogs, the mice. I had to dissect a cat once. I have. But it wasn't alive. It was dead. Like, I have, like, dissected, like, toads, rabbits. Yep. yep. <laughs> but, but as I, I said uh, I said before, I think it's uh, only for teaching one. It's just like a selective thing. Okay, so yeah. my point here is all of us have seen a cat or, or maybe a rabbit or a rat being dissected. So what are we doing with the knowledge right now? Nothing. Nothing At least right? I'm not. Exactly. Uh, so if I truly want to become a doctor, I'm going to deal with patients. I'm going to really cut up, cut open a human up, cut mm-hmm. up, open a human for an operation or something. It does make sense that I learn all that. Not for every biology class you introduce dissections, right? It's not at yeah. all required. That's my point. So would you rather do it on the computer then? Because I know at least at some point, I think everyone should at least do one dissection. Rather do once, record it, and play it for every student. Okay, because yeah, that makes sense. what you want to learn is just how it looks inside when you cut open a mouse or cut open whatever, right? Even even, even when it comes to what uh, Ning is saying about how it's a selective thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like right. you cut something open and you realize, oh, I cannot do this. Yeah, I know. So you make change. a choice at that point so that all the students in the class are not going to end up being doctors just because you study biology. So you don't have to end up sacrificing so many animals for that purpose. Yeah, because some someone who are afraid to do those things can be a syndrome. <laughs> do some computer thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and even though I wasn't afraid, I have, I have not ended up being a doctor. So it doesn't really make sense why I cut up so many animals back then. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys think about um, using animals and like the testing of cosmetics? I think it's an absolutely no. If you want to test, rather test it on human beings. I, well, but what about if it's no, like a completely think, new chemical? Yeah. You know, because I feel like that um, everything that we know that goes into our you know, shampoos and our makeups, um, we pretty much know that it's not going to harm humans. But, I mean, back in the day when we did actually start doing this, we didn't know that it was, you know, we didn't know certain things weren't going to harm humans. So, you know, where do we start testing on that? So, as of now, I think the technology has improved so much that we have an idea of what the chemical will do, right? We can just eliminate eliminate, it now. Eliminate it, at least now. And also make, maybe, uh, now, uh, genetic engineering has developed so much that so maybe you can have, develop layers of skin or something. And then test mm-hmm. your chemical on the layer of skin on a pet uh, on a dish or something, and then try test it on anim- um, humans rather than testing it on animals. 
but i think that because cosmetics are you know purely for for human use like just just purely for human use it's not it's not even like it's like like more beautification or it's not a necessary thing i don't think like maybe you can even classify drugs as necessary it saves your life exactly Mm. drug drugs are different drugs are different different story if you're coming to cosmetics it's just to make you beautiful but then are going even into the drugs are using these animal models for these drugs even appropriate um because they just mimic the human exactly body, like right? you don't know you're testing this on like a, a pig or a mouse or you know something like that that's not a human i think that's so you how might get starts, a different uh reaction. out in a lab right you start testing it on a mouse and then you go to pigs then you go maybe horse and then you go to chimps and then you come to humans Mm-hmm. That's how you have this uh, this hierarchy. Hierarchy, and if it passes all the levels, and then you have human trials where you test the drugs on humans. There was a scientist who ended up grafting a human ear onto. Oh, yeah, I have seen <laughs> grafting a human ear onto the back of a mouse, and it became really big and like really popular because it's, you know this guy was able to do this and the mouse survived. It's it's fine, I think. Um, was it really necessary? Exactly. Well, is 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 it necessary? Is it? But why are those guy gonna put a ear on the back of a mouse? Because he can. <laughs> Just to prove that you can. Yeah. Develop. Is that fair to the mouse? Is that fair? I mean, I don't necessarily know what. It is absolutely unfair to the mouse. But maybe other scientists they can use this technology to do some other medical thing, right? Maybe. Yeah. I don't. I know. Like if they want to normal organ and they can't just use uh, humans they yeah can makes use... sense like um liver or something like that instead of just yeah. making a year or maybe this is the first step he has taken that to show that oh i can make a year on the back of the mouse maybe next step would be is to yeah grow a liver or pancreas that can be used for people yeah. Because, you know, in, in my view, the most advantage thing of this creepy year is that it's a human year. So you can do your experiments on this mouse, not on a human's. Was it just ear or does it have all the structure of the inner ear or was it just the outer? Piece? I imagine just it was the just out. the skin. Yeah, it was the skin. Is the cartilage and the skin of the... Yeah, it was the skin of the ear onto the skin of the mouse. So what would you test? It's just but, skin. I mean, so it's, it's, it's just a progress. I mean, okay. it's kind of like, you know, how like you to can spin, modify. I feel like you can spin anything into it was just progress, though. You know, that means there's really no line. Yeah. Do you know what is PDX? The PDX. patient drift. Uh, it's a, it's no. something like we can take a tumor from a patient and put that tumor under the skin of the mouse. So, in that case, we can do the experiments on mouse and for that tumor, and tumor is from humans. Mm-hmm. So, it's not a tumor from mouse, it's tumor from humans. Okay, but is that fair to the mouse? I mean, it's just like the year of the mouse. And right, and then they also uh, give the uh, mouse the drugs that they target against the tumor yeah. and see how the tumor reacts, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so that, that's a progress. It's not something you only do on mouse that you can move to a human. Could there possibly be a compromise that satisfies, you know, both sides of this argument as to where uh, we should use animals or whether we shouldn't use animals? I think we should draw a line to the limits on which we can use animal so models. So I know, I know we kind of talk about, like, in vitro yeah, methods, I mean, like human 
cells and tissues. But right. then we also talked about in silico models, so the computer models. But people always argue that how effective they are. Because when you have an in vitro, just a layer of skin that's been developed in the lab or something, does it have all the necessary surrounding tissues that it would react to or something like that? Okay. We'll have no idea about it. Well, you could also get like human volunteers to do this. You could. You can. There are a lot of experiments these daily, so you cannot really use human volunteers. And I think getting human volunteers is also really uh, risky because most of the volunteers that come to you would come to you for the money that you pay in yeah, exchange for them. Yeah, but this can them. lead to another ethics problem, right? It can lead to many other problems. So I don't think human volunteers is a good way. I mean, for right now... But isn't Animal that what they model. do when they test in humans? I think that's the last stage, right? When yeah, that's the last stage. Last stage of clinical trials would be people suffering from terminal diseases, and you don't really know what the how to cure them. They volunteer for the drugs that's in the clinical yeah. trials. Yeah, but I mean, for right now, animal model is really unreplaceable. But as H said, we should like step by step reduce using that. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay, awesome. All right. Uh, so finally, it's my part. I most I want to talk about biological warfare today. So biological warfare is in fact has a long really history, and uh, it's uh, you know it, it only takes a little effort to build a biological weapon, but it requires really a lot uh, cost to defend it. We recently know news that a lab that rebuilt the few virus that caused the nineteen. 19- Nineteen or the nineteen eighteen yeah. flu virus. Yeah, is that? Yeah, I heard of it. Um, I know that these scientists recreated the nineteen eighteen influenza virus. The nineteen eighteen influenza virus is really, really potent. It's kind of this really big disease, and it killed a lot of people. And so we finally got rid of it. But then someone ended up recreating the DNA of this virus, and they you know posted it and made it public online for really anyone to see. I know there were kind of two sides to this argument, you know, now that we have this genome of this virus, can we uh, be able to, you know, do research on and figure out where this thing came from and, you know, use that kind of information to protect ourselves against flu viruses now. But then on the flip side, you know, you also have any sort of terrorists that can get to this and recreate this and maybe send it out into the world and cause another mass killing. So. I think people are more scared that they can make it more virulent so that you can really yeah, not... Yeah, yeah, it can change. And send it back to the population, then it's going to be loss of life. Yeah, lots cost, of cost life. a lot of... And it, it really will cost the government a lot of money to, I mean... To deal with I think it. what you told earlier that biological weapons are much cheaper to produce. Really much cheaper. And they can com- also be mass produced. It's easy yeah, to mass really produce. Really easy. Even like, okay, this is a, a joke. Even we could build a kind of biological weapon yeah, in the I lab. Mean, it depends on what you consider a biological weapon, right? Yeah. So it's really easy. And I mean, compared, to, so I was also reading it online that compared to nuclear weapons, which are really huge and, you know, it takes and a long long time and yeah. lots of effort to build. And few people can build that. Really few people can build a nuclear weapon. It's, it's, it's such a high technology, really hard to deal with that. And also people think that it's easier for scientists to communicate with one another because you don't have to 
you just have to send emails to one another to communicate, right? And there's also not much regulation on uh, the emails you send out. So it's it, it, it poses a great danger. Yes. So that means there are students. I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like we have quite a bit of regulation in emails. At least the USA does. It, it does. But, you know, there's not much of government supervision. I think supervision is more on nuclear weapons. Okay. You know, in that way, just comparing it to because any other weapon. You could kind of twist it and say, hey, I'm just talking opulence. science. Just talking science, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you really don't know what they are okay. what they have ended up doing. So yes, if you're going to just spe- speak about this influenza flu, so let's make it more virulent to kill all the people. You're not going to send an email out like that. So I won't speak yeah. <laughs> like that. I mean, if, you really want, if you really want to have this purpose, you will just say, okay, how was this mutant will be? We want to figure out, or maybe your purpose was not to kill anyone. You may, yeah. your, maybe your purpose was some or just by mistake. Attentively, you created some really right, and yeah. just escaped from the lab, and it goes out and it starts that affecting is. people. Then what would happen? And sometimes the lab is not so, I mean, safe. The security of the lab is not so high. Or you just have a contamination on your hand, and you just carry you it just, out. You uh, just, you just carry it out. Nobody will notice that and you you won't even you can't even track back to who did it right yeah. because it's very difficult because there are like a couple of people working on the same thing in your lab you're right and you know some people were saying that we people will be aware of the biological warfare but we have to know it the biological warfare is app is in fact exist for a long time right and uh, you know as a his, part of history we know in the world war Two, the japanese has a special army called the unit uh, seven three one. That in the north, uh, northeast of China, that is the uh they treated like as a Persian or even the civilian as a model to test their biological weapon. It's really hard, and we know that it's really bad history. Right. So, do you think this thing will happen again? I mean, it's highly possible. Yes. I mean, it all depends on what your intentions are, what do you want to do with the stuff you have in your hand. You're right. I mean, if there happened any war, the biological war is kind of like cheap and uh, really h- hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I think we should really be aware of it because it's really a uh, straightened for us. I think as researchers, we should not undertake any research that's going to potentially be dangerous and harmful to mankind. I know, but you know, sometimes when you deal with some like uh, other thing, you just happenedly you 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 are not mean to create some harmful things, but just happenedly like uh, there are a lot of uh, labs that deal with the virus. This uh, deadly disease is really important because we have to know a possible way to defend them. I don't think the treating is less than the nuclear weapon, and I mean the but a few people will really be be aware of it. So, I mean, and with the development of our technology, of our science, it's really much easier and more specific to build a biological weapon, such as we know there are differences among the races and some aces. So if you only build a weapon that arms and the, a specific species of people, that is really, it can be a really dangerous weapon. Like in 2003, there is a really bad disease in China called SARS. And it's just a spread really among the Asia. But after that, people uh, figure out the mostly only like East and uh, South Asia people will be very sensitive to this uh, disease. That means 
this kind of virus can be a very, very high effect, offensively with bio biological weapon. So that is a, a terrible thing. So do you so think you're saying that if like someone hates a race, they could possibly use a disease yeah. kind of geared toward that race to and also with so much of attack. genetic information available, it's easy easy to target a race because you know what are the specific mm-hmm. uh, specificity to that specific race, right? Yep. Yeah. So maybe this particular race is more susceptible to this disease or something like that. So it's easier to target a race in that way. Yes. And uh, we also know a uh, uh, paper that talked about um, a computer simulating about the biological attacking to American. So the results that figure out we need to spend a lot of money on that and it should be really, really, people should be trained to how to deal with this bad disease. So do you think, except for the training and the other things, we, there are other things we can do to deal with, I mean, to uh, protect the world from the biological weapon? I think you should have background checks on researchers, like mm-hmm. at least, for example, like when I applied for a visa to the US, uh, just because my field was genetics, uh, my visa was uh, checked. Check. Yeah, yeah. I had an also. additional check. So my the officer said that she had no problem in granting the visa, but it had to go an additional round of check just because the field, you know, it was PhD in genetics, yep. mm-hmm. right? So maybe uh, at that moment it was annoying to me, but it makes more sense because they would obviously want to check the person that's entering the US to know whether I have a history of. Involving in some terrorism terrorist or group or something like that. Fingers crossed, I should terrorism. terrorist you guys. You never know. Yeah, yeah So out. I think th- that's like an important measure to take. Just you want to prevent the misuse of any biomedical research because it's all going to be researchers like us that's so, going to be yeah, involved in. Right. So you, so this message is only for individuals, right? Because as so I think individuals make a research group. Individuals make a community, right? At least but, they are doing this. But much. you see, the handling mentioned that. Uh, unit seven three one, it's by government, right? But it's I not think a you know during thing. World War, yeah, too many countries were involved so in these things. So it's like yeah, a thing my. of the past. So yeah. maybe as, as of I mean, now we know what how mm-hmm. things are. Yeah, but uh, what happens? Uh, war happens again. Uh, I mean, people and the government will get mad when they. In, in a war, I mean. So, yeah, and this is the interesting thing because in the unit 731, all of the people, they are uh, like highly talented and they are like the highly educated medical and science group of people. So it's so weird that they can do the experiments on those like prisoners. So I think Women, in the future, children. it's going to be us, right? Who's yes. going to be the researchers or the uh-huh. scientists. Yeah. So if we build our uh, integrity from beginning, from now onwards, that in the future, I would never do such a thing. Yeah. Maybe it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's my point. So we should actually progress towards beneficial advancement of scientific knowledge rather than just, you know, abusing it yeah. for such purposes. Yeah. So I just want to mention that it's really take uh we should really as scientists i mean as a future scientist we should really be aware of the biological weapon because maybe someday we would we would happenly we don't we don't on purpose but we would happenly just make some and uh you know we if if that in control in our control i think it's fine because we won't do something really harm but 
one of the worst thing is if that is somebody want to use in a bad purpose. Like you mean abused by the military or something like that. Kind of that, yeah. Right. So. So I we mean, should reduce all the possibilities of error from our side. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you learned a lot. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at any time. Thanks. Thank you, guys. It was fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening.